If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be here again. We haven't been here for a while. But it's special because of the time of the year, so soon after the Chagim, the festivals, beginning with Rosh Hashanah, of course, all through the month of Tishrei, coming to this incredible high on Simchat Torah, dancing with the Torah, and ending the reading of the Torah, at the same time beginning the Torah, and the opening part of the Torah, which is so very special. We're up to the third parsha of the Torah, the parsha of Lech Lecha. But before we get to this week's parsha, the parsha of Lech Lecha, it's important to review for a moment or two the first two parshiot that talk to us about essential elements of how to understand the opening of Torah and thereby understanding life in general as well. You know, throughout the entire year when we read the Torah, we come across specific laws, specific ideas. We come across lessons how to, in fact, live life as best we can. But in the opening parshas of the Torah, we come across tremendous, tremendous insight into the overall structure of what this world is all about. Beginning with the story of creation, the Reshit, in the beginning God created. And not only that he created a world, a universe, but God created existence itself. And as I've mentioned so many times, it's impossible for the human mind to actually comprehend, to understand the absence of existence. It's so much part of our being that we simply cannot understand the absence. The human mind is incapable of understanding the absence of existence. And prior to creation, that's what was the absence of anything. God brought existence into being. And into that existence, he created a world. And the reason that was so is because God encompasses everything. And the creation that he brought into being is not as if he made something. God, the great artisan. God, the great builder. God, the great architect. But God brought existence into being, and in order for existence to continue, it needs the constant presence of God, which tells us what creation is all about. Creation is not something which happened once upon a time. Creation is something which is constant. The Baal Shem Tov taught us it is constantly being recreated, which indicates an intimate closeness and relationship between God and the world that he brought into being. You know, this is a great world, a complicated world, a complex world. From a simple, natural perspective, the world, the universe, is an incredibly complicated, complex piece of machinery. Time, space, the vast distance, the vast concept of time. For all of that to function, and to function perfectly as it does, it takes tremendous, tremendous, tremendous attention. You know, I often speak to people. Think about it for a moment. We can calculate the precise instant 
when the new moon will appear a thousand years from now, a thousand years ago. That can't be random. That can't be accidental, no matter what they tell you. For it to have such precise and exact definition, there has to be one who in fact controls all of that. Heaven, earth, the various elements that in fact creation is all about, these things need a master. And that master, of course, is God, because existence cannot be without his constant presence. Bereshit, the beginning, the beginning, of course, was God bringing existence into being. What happened after that? He goes to the whole six days of creation. And on the last day, he creates Adam, the human being, and then Eve. And he instructs them. I'm putting you into a perfect world, the Garden of Eden. La'avda la'shamra, you have to work it and to protect it. And all you have to do is to make sure that you don't eat from the tree, from the fruit of the tree of, well, knowledge of good and evil. For some strange, inexplicable reason, they cannot resist the temptation. Yes, of course, we know the story with the serpent, with Eve. It's not a simple story. Adam and Eve were highly, highly intelligent human beings, pious people, absolutely devoted to God. And the story of them eating the fruit is something which great scholars are pondering over and have been pondering over for thousands of years. It's a difficult story. The end result, they're banished from the Garden of Eden. And they go into a world of darkness, a world of chaos. And what follows is the story of Cain and Abel, brother killing a brother. And for ten generations, the world is an extreme, well, not only turmoil, but a world that angers God more and more until he decides that he regrets creating the world. He's going to destroy the world. And only one person and his family, Noah and his family, deserve to be rescued. And Noah spends hundreds of years building an ark as per the instruction from God. And people wonder, why is he building an ark? And no one tells him because there will be a day where God is going to flood this world and everything in it will be destroyed. But the people laugh at him. The people think that he is, well, a silly old fool. But that's exactly what happens. Noah and his family, his wife, his three sons and their wives, and the animals that God instructed him to collect are saved in the Ark and the Teva. And they come out after a while when the flood has ended, the rains have ended, and they rebuild the world. Has the world learned its lesson in the world? Well, up to a point, yes. But it hasn't learned its lesson. Because for another ten generations, the world continues to anger God. In fact, they decide to build this huge tower and to rebel against God. And they say, in fact, we don't need divine protection. We will create a human structure that will guarantee the survival of the human race. Does it work? 
No, it falls apart. And once again, the world is thrown into chaos. These are the opening parshiot of Bereshit and Noah. It's a story that takes place over thousands of years. We see the strength of people, the weakness of people. We see a perfect world that God creates and God destroys. It's a story that has to be understood and read again and again and again. But one thing is clear. Despite the fact that God creates this perfect world and into which he puts highly intelligent, pious people, somehow the world just doesn't work properly. And the answer is, because no one in the world really cares about addressing the issues that cause the chaos and confusion, that cause the immorality, that cause ultimately the destruction within the world, that causes the fact that God becomes angry. Even those who are pious, like Noah and his family, they remain very private. They live behind their own walls. Yes, they are pious. But no, they don't really care about what happens to the rest of the world. The world falls apart because no one is looking after the world as such. Until one person comes along. And that's the end of last week's Parsha. And who is that person? Our first patriarch, Abraham. Abraham Avinu, Abraham our father. Who not only is a pious and righteous man, but one who is determined to teach the oneness of God, monotheism, and ethical behavior to the entire world. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about our first patriarch of Rahm, which is the opening of this week's Parsha, the third Parsha Lechlecha. The first Parsha Baresha speaks about creation, which doesn't end so well. God decides to destroy the world. The second Parsha Noah as well. It's the story of how the great flood comes and destroys the world. The end of last week's parsha speaks to us about a man by the name of Abraham, Avram, who looks at the world and realizes that there is a master to this world. He looks at this world and realizes that this incredibly complex world can't be functioning on its own randomly. There is a master behind it. Yesh balabayit labirazu, in the words of our great scholars, there is an owner. There is a master to this great place. And although he lives in a world, in a community that is full of idolaters, in fact, his own father is a master idolater, he recognizes one God. But he doesn't keep it to himself. He goes out and preaches that truth. He goes out far and wide and talks to people, and he tells them, can't you see that idolatry is not only false, it's silly, it's stupid to believe in these pantheistic concepts is so well, it's absurd. And through his incredibly intellectual reasoning and his power of reasoning, he convinces 
thousands, hundreds of thousands to recognize Hashem Achad, there is one God. And not only that, but he speaks to them about ethics as well. Look at what happened to the world before us, he says. Because of their unethical behavior, because of their immoral behavior, God became angry. He destroyed the world once. He dispersed the entire world the second time round. You have to live a life of correctness. And ethical monotheism became so popular, Avraham became the great, great leader of his time. To the point where Nimrod, the powerful king, wanted to destroy him. Because Nimrod recognizes if people accept ethical monotheism over idolatry, which was headed by the king himself, then the king would lose his power. So Nimrod tried to destroy Abraham, but Abraham stood fast. And how does this week's Parsha open up? The Parsha of Lech Lecha. By Yomar Hashem al-Avram, God speaks to Abraham. And what does he say to him? Lech Lecha. Translated simply, Lech go, Lecha, into yourself. You're on to a new journey. A new journey that will last not only your lifetime or the lifetime of your son or grandson, but this will become the journey of all your people, the journey of the Jewish people until the coming of Mashiach. But what does he say? He says not only in vague terms, Lech Lecha He says, go out of your land, go out of your birthplace, go out of your father's home, and where will you go to a land that I will show you? And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a source of blessing. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. And through you and by you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. He tells Abraham, this is not something which is, well, exclusive. But the message that you are going to deliver to the world is going to be universal. All the nations of the world will be blessed as a result of the teachings that you're going to share with them. What's happening over here? After all, Avram has already begun this journey on his own. He's already preaching ethical monotheism to the world. He's already changed the course of history. He's already changed the minds of hundreds of thousands of people to accept the one God. What is God saying to him? Go out and change the minds of people. What God is saying to him is what you've done up to now is based upon your own strength. As great as it is, it's limited. What I am going to give you is a blessing and power that will last, last until the end of time. Something that you cannot achieve on your own. It will come about as a result of my blessing, my gift to you. And the reason I give it to you is because you recognize me. You chose me. You preached my word, my word to the world, and this is why I am giving you this great gift. But there is a process. And what is that process? That process is you have to understand the idea 
of Lech Lecha, going into yourself. No greater journey in life, no greater journey in life than going into you. You can climb the highest mountain, cross the greatest sea, go from one end of the world to the other, go from here to the moon and beyond. No greater journey than the journey of going into yourself. That's the ultimate journey that a person can take. And a person like Abraham, a giant, righteous and pious, can you imagine Abraham going into himself? What does God say? The first thing he says, leave Arzacha, leave your land. Now our Kabbalistic and Hasidic masters tell us that the word Arzacha is very closely connected to the word Ratzon, which is will, desire. Now we have a great many desires. In fact, in the Mishnah of Pirkei Avot and the Ethics of Fathers, we talk about what are the, well, the natural human desires of power, of wisdom, of wealth, of strength. You have to go far beyond that. The essential desire is part and parcel of your soul itself. And therefore, you have to go beyond the so-called desires that you are conscious of. You might think this is what you want. Wealth, power, wisdom, strength. No. You have to leave those ideas. In order to grow, in order to make this journey worthwhile, you have to go far beyond that which you've accepted up to this point. The second thing is molaratacha, that which you were born with, your birthplace, your characteristics, your natural forms of behavior. How often have we heard from people, well, that's who I am? No. You have the ability and the choice and therefore ultimately the responsibility to change those things. You've seen and I've seen and heard people who, well, they're of negative character, not nice people. And they say, they defend themselves by saying, well, that's who I am. No. You might have been born with a certain negativity, but it's the job of life to change that characteristic, to turn it around, to use that strength and power towards something which is good. You can't simply sit back and say, well, that's the way I am. That's what I was born with. I've been programmed. That's my DNA. That's my genetic makeup. No. You have inner strengths and inner powers and abilities and the power of choice to turn those things around, to take those energies and make them positive and good. And finally, your father's house, as our capitalistic teachers tell us, the father's house refers to intellect. Yes, you might think that what you accept intellectually is that which is correct, but you have to examine it and you have to challenge it and you have to try and understand, is it actually correct? And that is the beginning of the journey. To examine your desires and to go beyond them. To look at your characteristics and to transform them. And to look at your intellect 
and to ensure that your power of reasoning is pure and truthful. Not an easy beginning for a journey, not an easy beginning at all. But if in fact this great journey of transforming the world into a place that will become a place that God will be proud of, and a place that you can influence so many people to accept the message of truth as will become the ultimate mission and purpose of Abraham as well as Sarah. This is what they have to do. And this becomes the model for each and every one of us to a certain degree. Because each and every one of us is charged with the same duty, with the same responsibility. We are his children. We are the ones who have inherited from him this incredible mission, this incredible purpose. The Lech Lecha idea is something which each and every one of us must apply in life. And when we come to this parsha, this is what we think about. How to examine our will and desire, how to look at our characteristic, how to examine our intellect, our reasoning. And what does God say? I will take you to a place. I will take you to a place where you will see that your will will in fact become infinite. And it will be a place of great blessing. It will be a place that not only will you be blessed, but everything and everyone around you will be blessed as well. And this is something that we have to remember. We don't live in an isolated world. We don't live on our own. We live in a world that is interactive. We touch others, others touch us. And we have to make sure that the message that we extend from us is the one that builds a better world. It's the message of Avraham Avinu. It's the message of our patriarch Abraham. It's a message that talks about the oneness of God, the greatness of God. It's a message that talks about ethical behavior. And not only based upon our power of reasoning, our power of convincing others to behave in a particular way or to believe in a particular way, but to know that this is a message that comes directly from Hashem. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So we're talking about Avraham, who was, well, charged with this incredible duty by Hashem to change the thinking of the entire world. And we are part of that journey. This is a journey that began with Abraham and will culminate with the coming of Mashiach. And we're told that we actually are able to do this by looking at ourselves, by looking at our desire and will, looking at our character, looking at our power of reasoning, etc., etc. And we will be blessed as a result, and the nations of the world will be blessed through us as well. What happens immediately thereafter? There's a famine in the land. Abram has to go down into Egypt. One after the other. One test after the other. And you think to yourself, God just gave Abraham a tremendous, tremendous job. And what's the first thing that happens? The difficulty. A famine in the land. He has to leave the new place that he came to and descend into 
Mitzrayim. And throughout the Parsha, we read all sorts of stories. Battles against powerful kings within the home front with Hagar. Difficulty after difficulty with his nephew Lot. And toward the end of the Parsha, at the age of 99, he circumcises himself. What is that really all about? Anisayon, a test, is not there to actually test our faith. You know, we often think there's a God is testing us. Why does God test us to check if in fact we truly believe in the fullest sense of the word? No. That's not what a test is all about. The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, one of his great Mamarim, one of his great Hasidic essays, talks about the essential concept of a nisayon, of a test. And he says, the word nes is not only a test. Nes means a miracle. Nes also refers to the mast of a ship. And what is the relationship between nisayon, a test, nes, a miracle, and nes, the mast of a ship? He says, the mast of a ship is something which rises high above the ship so it can carry the sail and pick up the wind so it can travel across the water at great speed. Ness as a miracle, a miracle something which is extraordinary. It goes above the natural events, something which in a sense actually defy the natural. The natural order is X, Y, Z. A miraculous event is something which is so much higher. What is a nisayon? A nisayon is not only testing us. A nisayon is an event, an opportunity that God gives us to help us elevate ourselves to a far higher level, to rise far beyond that which we normally could, given the regular circumstances of life. The fact that Abram has to descend into Egypt, and all the other tests that he's given, as we read in the parish, is not to test his faith, but so that he can achieve the greatest, the greatness that he needs in order to fulfill his mission. The Nisayon is something that takes us not only one level higher, that we could probably achieve on our own, but ten, a hundred levels higher, because it takes us like a miracle, it defies the natural order, like the mast of a ship, it's something which soars far beyond the lower levels. That's what a test is all about. A test is something which makes us greater. A test is something which, although it appears to be somewhat difficult, it appears to be somewhat challenging. In actual fact, it's something which enables us to move to a far higher level, to a far greater degree of ability and opportunity. That's what a test is all about. And this is why Lech Lecha, the Parsha of growth, the Parsha of development, the Parsha of actually re-engineering our will and our character and our intellect, the Parsha contains episode after episode of being tested because it's those opportunities of life that actually make us greater, that actually elevate us to so many high levels. And that's why at the end of the Parsha, we read about Abraham 
the most pious of people, the most righteous of people, a tzaddik. He circumcises himself to a far greater level as well. This is something that we have to always remember. Regardless of the level that we're at. Regardless of what we have achieved. And we may have achieved great things. You know, when we work with ourselves, as I mentioned earlier on, when we do that which is difficult, taking the journey into ourselves, not the outward journey, achieving things, acquiring things, reaching out for power, reaching out for wealth, reaching out for recognition, reaching out for all those things acquired. Now, when we look into ourselves and re-engineering ourselves, the true journey of life, those are the times that God sends a nisayon. <coughs> Sorry. A test. Not to check if we're on the right path. He knows we're on the right path. But to give us an opportunity to leap forward so many levels higher that we couldn't had we simply gone along step by step and stage by stage. This is the third Parsha of the Torah. The first two, well, bring to mind serious questions if in fact creation was a success. Many indicators would tell us it wasn't a great success. But then comes Avraham Abinu, our patriarch Abraham. Abraham comes along and he shows what a human being can do. Not only to fulfill the will of God, not only to do something which is great, but actually change thinking of the world. Hundreds of thousands of people flock to him to listen to the word of God. Instead of the idolatrous world in which he grew up, it becomes a world of faith of people beginning to believe in one God. Instead of a vulgar, immoral, violent world, so many people turn to ethical behavior. One man does it. In our lives, we've seen it as well. Certain individuals who have that effect upon the world, changing the world. And why is that? Because they take the example from Avraham. Looking at themselves, going into themselves, recognizing that you have to somehow change your character, change your power of reasoning, changing your will, and accepting those challenges of life because they elevate you to higher levels. So when you're in shul tomorrow... Listen to the story. It's an amazing story. Listen to the episodes of the story within the Parsha, each one more amazing than the next. As I always say, listen to that part of the Parsha that speaks to you, that speaks to you individually, because that's where your lesson really lies. That's where your lesson of taking this great journey together with Abraham, because the story is told to us not to talk to us about the greatness of Abraham. Of course it does to a certain degree, but it talks to us to have the courage to take that incredible journey together with Abraham and becoming great as well. Good Shabbos.